We're now approaching MacArthur Station. MacArthur Station is a transfer point for patrons headed in the Berryessa direction. If you're headed down Berryessa Way, step across the platform, catch that Berryessa train on platform number four. This is a San Francisco International Airport yellow line train making all stops in downtown Oakland, San Francisco, and all points on the peninsula to San Francisco International Airport. Welcome to Hidden Track Stories from BART. I'm Chris Filippi, and on this edition of our podcast, I'm joined by Casey Unger, who's a transportation supervisor based in our Daly City Yard. As a transportation supervisor, Casey plays a critical role in BART's daily ability to implement our service. But before he got a promotion, Unger was a train operator and a very popular one with announcements just like that. Casey, welcome to Hidden Tracks. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm thrilled to be here. Did I detect a little bit of a dialect on that one? Oh, it's hard to say. Um, We had a train controller, a man named Virgil, and Virgil had a beautiful southern accent. And whenever Virgil came onto the console... People listened. People perked up. The whole system was a little more responsive. And part of that was because listening to Virgil was a delight. He was a change from the everyday. What I tried to do when I first started operating trains was to make my announcements listenable, to make my announcements something that people would actually perk up to that might cut through the noise on their headphones or whatever they were doing at that time, and to be reassuring. You know, you want people to listen to the train operator when anything anomalous occurs, when something weird happens, and for the train operator to be a voice of reassurance. You know, we're going to be delayed for 15 minutes in downtown San Francisco direction due to police activity. I'll let you know when something changes. I'll let you know if something changes. And that's a good way not only to keep our patrons involved, our patrons interested, but a good way to keep the system as a whole running, as a good way to... uh, reach out to people, to provide that customer service that as an organization we really try to strive for. That was very soothing, I noticed in the announcement. And you have a musical background, is that right? I do. I was uh, in conservatory for a couple of years. I then transitioned over to uh, history. And when I was a historian at San Francisco State University in graduate school, I studied the history of sound and the history of religion. The history of sound in particular is something that's very interesting in the Bay Area. People talk about the noise of barter, the noise of Muni, the foghorns in San Francisco. To me, that's all part of what makes the Bay Area and public transit in the Bay Area a crucial part of the fabric of our everyday lives. How the train sings to you when it pulls into the station, the clatter of the overhead wires as the bus goes through an intersection. They're incredibly important parts of the soundscape of the Bay Area. That's always something I tried to be cognizant of, that people would hear my voice sometimes for upwards of an hour and a half. And I wanted to make sure it was a pleasant experience, not a grating experience. <laughs> it's funny. You, you talk about the sounds of transit. It's almost like uh, it's like comfort food almost. And we hear so much about the Bart Screech. And it's annoying if you're in the Transbay too, but for a lot of folks, it's almost like that comfort food for our ears. It really can be. You know, to tell a personal story, I lived on 4th and Balboa for quite some time in San Francisco. And there was a trolley coach line that I used to drive that rent right outside of my apartment. And one of the things that felt like coming home was to sit in my living room and to hear the whir of the trolleys, to hear the carbons on the top of the trolley poles 
interact with the breakers, to hear the air breaks at the stop outside of my house. For me, that's a big part of how we perceive place. The sound of public transit, the sound of BART, are the horns on the legacy fleet, Gracie and George when they're in the station. You know, it's important. It helps people understand where they are. It gives them a sense of place. It gives people like me a sense of purpose in a very real way. I'm speaking with Casey Unger, transportation supervisor here at BART, formerly a train operator. And Casey, you really have a passion for public transit. And even before you came to BART, that started with Muni. Yes, I uh, dropped out of graduate school, as one does, to drive a bus for a couple of years. And prior to that, I had, or prior to coming to San Francisco, should I say, I never had the opportunity to take a bus. In my hometown, the bus ran every hour, if you were lucky. Slow RTA is doing a fabulous job in San Luis Obispo County, but limited resources, you know. The buses never ran past 8.30. When I moved to Stockton to be in conservatory, there wasn't really a reason for me to take the bus. I was centered around campus. When I moved to San Francisco for the first time in 2010, I believe I'm coming up on my 13th anniversary this week, It was the first time in my life I had never had a car. And uh, taking the bus throughout the city, taking Bark throughout the Bay Area, for me felt like a sense of freedom. It was an incredible thing to be able to stand on the corner of California and Park Presidio and to have the 28 come and take me to school every 15 minutes, every 10 minutes. It was an incredible thing to go to Daly City Bark and to have a train that would take me to UC Berkeley so I could go to class or so that I could use the library regularly. It would get me there quickly. It would be faster than driving. It was a sense of freedom for me. I didn't have to fill up my car. I didn't have to pay for insurance. I didn't have to find parking. I could just get up and go. So when I decided that graduate school wasn't for me and Muni came a-calling, that felt like a really good way for me to figure out who I was in the space of the greater Bay Area, figure out who I was in terms of what it meant to my community to have this really good bus service, and to um, give back in a very real way. I'd been riding the buses I drove for five years at that point. And again, Muni came a-calling, and it taught me so much about the city I lived in. It taught me so much about the people around me. It taught me a lot about myself. Um, The habits I formed driving out of Presidio Division on Presidio and Geary, I still, hopefully, carry with me through this day, or to this day. It was hard work. It was stressful and difficult work. It was work where you could go throughout a 10-hour shift and you might not have more than a five-minute break. But at the end of the day, what Muni gave me was a real sense of fulfillment It felt like I was doing good work that helped people. And so when Bart came a-calling and offered me a similar sort of position, one that was a little more technical maybe, of course I jumped at the opportunity. It must have a, a special importance for you considering how empowering transit could be, especially for folks with limited incomes or even perhaps limited personal mobility to have this opportunity to use a public transit system that can get you to a job, to see loved ones, to to a a vital medical appointment. That must have given you a lot of purpose in the work that you were doing. 
Absolutely, it did. I operated one of the busiest trains in the system prior to the pandemic. I would leave San Francisco International Airport at 4.57 p.m., or 16.57 as we prefer in operations, Mm -hmm. and I would get to Embarcadero at 17.26 or thereabouts. There were 1,500 to 2,000 people on my train every single day. Operating that train through the Transbay tube under a couple of hundred feet of water, knowing that I was getting these folks safely home, safely to their loved ones, where they needed to go. Getting them to work in the mornings when I had a morning shift, that was something that really motivated me and gave me drive to continue. Um, Bart and Muni and public transit as a whole is the lifeblood of the Bay Area. And I am so lucky to have been able to be a part of this. And I'm so lucky to have been able to be an operator for four years. And even throughout the pandemic, when we were serving 25,000 riders a day, 22,000 riders a day in April of uh, 2020, I felt honored to serve the essential workers. I felt honored to be an essential worker with these people and to give those folks who needed us the most the option to take the service. Having BART there, even in the darkest days of 2020, I feel was an incredible service. It was the honor of a lifetime. And it's interesting, you talk about how few riders we had at that point, but literally each one of those riders, they were relying on us. Most of them had no other option, and they were coming to us, and you were in a position where you could help each of them. Absolutely. I remember, again, in April of 2020, um, right after shelter-in-place, there was one person in my lead car, whereas previously there had been 175 There were people working out of Oakland International Airport. There were people who were working at SFO. There were nurses. There were janitors. There were people working at the supermarkets. The people in society who really helped society run relied on us, and they still rely on the work we do. And that's an incredibly important thing. And that's something that now as a supervisor who works with train operators, who works with four workers, I try to remind my people that the work we do is incredibly important. I've heard multiple people tell me that the best job at BART is being a train operator. (laughs) Do you agree with that? (laughs) That is a fabulous question, and I 100% agree with you. Now, when I was a train operator, people would come and tell me that being a train operator was the best job at BART, and I thought they were crazy. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm a supervisor, I completely agree. It's good work, it's fulfilling work, and it's interesting work. At the end of the day, you clock out. Not only do you have a paycheck, you have a sense of purpose. Train operator and station agent, for that matter, are incredibly important jobs. And they're jobs that I feel should be getting a lot more recognition from the public. You know, we should be saying thank you more to our train operators and station agents. Train operator, absolutely. A wonderful job, and I miss it every day. I was going to say, so you were a train operator, and you messed it up by becoming a supervisor. Well, you know, desperate times call for desperate promotions, Chris. (laughs) There you go. So tell us about that, because I think a lot of people, a lot of our riders, don't really know what a transportation supervisor does. How does that play out? What's your role here? 
Well, I've only been a transportation supervisor for about 18 months now, maybe a little more. Um, and I'm still learning every day what it is that my job entails. It's a very complex job. As a train operator, you're responsible for a single train. As a station agent, a single station. As a floor worker, which I did for six months, you're responsible for the operations side of things, the integrity of a line, making sure that trains dispatch on time, people are paid appropriately, that everything moves smoothly, even though like a duck underwater, you're paddling frantically. You're still on top and the system continues to run. Now, as a transportation supervisor, I'm responsible for BART itself. When I break down my job, it's really four major components. I do a lot of customer service, both external, responding to patron complaints, going to incidents. I'm out there during service disruptions. If you send an email, you might get one back from me. I, do a, I help in stations. I help whenever we have train problems. That's external customer service that's making the system run just a little bit better. I do a lot of internal customer service, though, too. I'm the face of the district for my employees. If they have questions about policies, they come and talk to me. If they need something, they come and talk to me. If they're feeling overwhelmed by their responsibilities, they know they can come and talk to me. It's important. That part is important because I try to make my employees feel like they're respected by the district, that their input is valuable. I let management know when we're having problems. I try to solve the issues on my own. If I can't, I try to bring in people who can. By serving my train operators and station agents in that way, you know, I try to make a better working environment for everyone. I try to make the system run just a little more smoothly. I try to make people happy. So customer service is one. The next part is safety. I with help, obviously, run the Daly City Rail Yard, the Millbrae Terminal, the Airport Terminal, and our Daly City Terminal. 122 train operators, a lot of trackage. I'm out there every day checking to make sure our train operators are following the rules, checking to make sure that we're working safely, checking to make sure that our stations are safe. You know, are there slipping hazards that need to be mitigated? Are there other issues that I, as a supervisor, can take care of proactively? Safety is a big part of it. And as a supervisor, when I'm on the line or when I'm out in the field, I want my people to know that all I want from them is for them to behave safely. And all I want is for the system to be safe so our patrons can be safe, so that we can all go home at the end of the day and say, wow, that was a boring day. <laughs> the third major component of my job is kind of a labor relations component. So I work with one of our unions, the Amalgamated Transit Union, Local 1555. That's the operator's agent and clerk's union. And I work to make sure the rights of their members are respected. I answer their grievances. I meet with our union reps to discuss pressing concerns, again, doing some of that internal customer service there. But sometimes I also have to do investigations. Sometimes I also have to do discipline. But one of the things that I really like about that and that I really respect about the way we do things here at BART is we use positive discipline. It's corrective in nature. We focus on the problem but not the person. And I hope that whenever I do an investigation or have to talk to an employee about an issue, they come away feeling respected, having learned something. The final part is kind of miscellaneous. You know, some days I might have to write a report. Some days I might have to make a presentation about trends that are going on in my rail yard. 
a lot of what I do is employee morale. My train operators know that not once a week there's going to be free food in one of the break rooms. Mm -hmm. It's an incredibly important thing. Other miscellaneous things, I love doing employee development. I love talking to new train operators and new station agents, seeing what's going on, trying to help them figure out how they fit in the system and how the system can help them live a good life and how they can have a good life at BART. It's a big job. And that's critical, isn't it? Because what I'm thinking of is BART has really placed an emphasis in recent months on hiring more train operators. And by doing that, giving the operations greater flexibility, avoiding uh, cancellations because we don't have enough train operators for a given day, this is a huge customer service initiative for BART. And what I'm struck by is what you're saying about that internal communications part and making people feel valued and wanting to be part of this complex dance when it comes to providing our service. How important is that to ensure that everybody feels like they're a part of the puzzle here and they're really serving the Bay Area by being a TO at BART? It's incredibly important and it's kind of difficult at the same time. Train operators, you're really focused on the train and it's easy to forget that you're part of this bigger, more complex organism. What I've seen the last eight months is that our train cancellations have dropped virtually to zero. Our train operators are less stressed. They don't have to worry when they go into work every day that they might be doing something different. They know what they're going to be doing. Our yards are running a little more smoothly because we've got more people in play who are willing to work. It's a huge deal for our employee morale, and I feel like hiring more train operators, hiring more station agents is one of the best things we could do to promote good customer service in the Bay Area. By staffing those stations, by staffing those trains, we're showing the Bay Area that we are invested in making the BART experience better, in making our reliability better, and for that matter, in our employees' well-being. Because staffing the system better means that everyone gets to relax a little more, gets to feel better about the work they do. And frankly, over again, the last six or eight months since we've really been hiring, I've noticed so much improvement, not only in the temperament in my break room, not only in the morale of my employees, but system-wide. It's really been an incredible thing to see. And I'm thrilled that we're continuing to hire through the end of the year. I'm struck by how the people component is critical to service, and there are so many moving parts to it that go beyond our employees. You're talking about the track, the trains, the stations, and then the external factors, weather, our riders, uh, external traffic. There's so much that goes into it. How complex is it to ensure that our service is operating the way it should be? Oh, my goodness. And I probably only touched on a, a fraction of the, of the different factors that go into it. Absolutely. So uh, a lot of that has to do with the operations control center. But a lot of that also comes from our train operators, how they're trained, our station agents, how they work. You know, as a transportation supervisor, as kind of a middle management sort, I am fortunate to be able to interact with the different departments that make BART tick. Buildings, tracks, train control, power, mechanical. Um, I work a lot with outside agencies. I'm BART's incident commander. When incidents occur, I'll deal with the police, fire department, San Francisco International Airport. 
as a train operator and a rider, I never realized. I thought it was a magical thing that a train came out of Richmond Yard and would take me from downtown Berkeley to Montgomery Street. And it's an incredibly complex thing. And transportation is not an island. We work closely with our shops to make sure that we've got the cars that we need to provide revenue service. We work closely with the buildings department to make sure that our stations are in tip-top shape, that the bathrooms are open. Elevator escalator, they work invisibly day after day after day to keep our stations accessible for people. It's an incredibly complex dance. And when I was on the front lines, when I was a foreman or a foreworker, excuse me, you never know about it. And one of the things that I really love to do as a transportation supervisor is to reach out to these different departments and to see how we can get things working a little better, to see if we can get the radios down at Millbury reprogrammed to work with our new system just a little better, to see if we can do little ergonomic things in the train cabs or in our break rooms, working with uh, the vehicle systems engineer to make my train operators' lives a little more comfortable. I live to help the front line do their jobs. And working with all of these different departments to help the front line get our patrons from point to point is a complex and interesting thing. BART as an entity is fascinating. We do so much here that people may not know about. And again, I've only been a supervisor for 18 months, and I'm still learning about ways that we can make the customer experience better, that I can make my train operators and station agents' lives a little easier, that we can make things just work a little more smoothly. I'm speaking with Casey Unger, a transportation supervisor here at BART. And Casey, before that, you and you've talked about your experience as a train operator. How much does it help having that hands-on experience as you're now as a supervisor? It's incredibly helpful. Um, as a former train operator, there are two big parts of my job that it really, really um, impacts. The main one for me right now is how I'm able to talk to our patrons. When a customer comes to me with a complaint, I'm not just offering an apology on behalf of the district. I'm not just telling the customer, we're sorry, we're going to do better for you next time. I'm trying to figure out what happened so that I can educate the customer, this is why this sort of thing happens. This is why the doors on this train car didn't open. This is why the train operator's announcements might not have been clear in 1681, but they were certainly clear in car 1522. And as a former train operator who's worked with train operators before, who's worked with kind of the train control system and the broader nitty-gritty operational elements of BART, I find that a lot of my job when I'm doing that external customer service is educational. I want people to come away from interacting with me, from talking to me about the problems they're having. And I want them to understand why we do things here the way that we do them. The answer shouldn't be, well, this just happened because and we're really sorry. It should help give people a better investment in the system, a better understanding of why we do things the way that we do them, and, you know, more impetus to continue writing, continue working with BART. I try to assure people that 
even when they're having a bad day in the system, it's not something that happens all the time. Their problem was something that was rare and interesting and that we can all learn from. And as a supervisor, it's my job to try to instruct my employees to take those proactive actions, to communicate a little more clearly about these issues. And as a former train operator, that's incredibly useful when I'm talking to my employees because, well, I speak the language. It's a huge part to be, or it's a huge thing for me to be able to go to my operators and try to find out what happened and talk to them and see what is going on in mainline, to read between the lines of the issues they may be having. I will never forget what it was like to be the last train of the night hmm. coming from Dublin Pleasanton to Daly City and having to sweep the train out of service and bring it into the yard. I will never forget going through station agent class when I was a foreman and having to close 19th Street Station with only one other station agent. For me, being a part of BART's front line, learning about how to be a station agent, which was the other front line working uh, position, I would hope it's made me a more empathetic person. I would hope it's made me a better communicator for our patrons. And I would hope that when I go out into the field and I talk to my agents, when I talk to my operators, they don't see a supervisor. They see someone who's lived the same life they have. I have 27 years until I retire, give or take. And I hope that until the day I retire... I don't forget what it was like sweeping that train out of service. I don't forget what it was like closing 19th Street. I hope that I am able to be the sort of supervisor and manager who is there for my employees, who is there to understand the problems they're facing, and who can communicate to our patrons who are having issues why these things happen, why the system runs the way it does, why we work the way it works. And to get that buy-in both from our external customers and our internal customers to make BART run better, to bring our patrons back after the pandemic, and make the system as a whole just a little bit more of a joyful, understandable place. Casey, you work at the Daily City Yard, so that's a really important portion of the system. You're touching on multiple lines there. What is it like working there? Daily City Yard has been my home well, for the entire time I was a train operator, and as a foreworker, I worked at one of the adjunct terminals. Daly City Yard is also the newest yard in the system. Um, it was built, I believe, in the 1990s as part of a uh, capacity project. It's part of the Colma extension in the Daly City tail tracks. Daly City Yard is one of the busiest places in the system. My foreworkers are there checking train operators in and out, they're there pulling bad order trains from mainline and replacing them flawlessly and seamlessly. They're there coordinating with the shops to make sure that we can make our revenue requirements in the morning. My terminal zones are dispatching trains. They're checking train operators in and out. They're communicating with Central. It's an incredible ballet to see when I come in at 1300, all that's, all that's been accomplished and all we have to accomplish. And as a supervisor, my role is, unfortunately, not to be in the nitty-gritty anymore. I'm no longer a foreworker. I can't manage a terminal. But what I can do is I can 
be there for my four workers. I can be there for my train operators. I can help them figure out what they need to do to make sure the yards and the terminals are running. And Daly City, again, as a yard, is fairly unique. We dispatch Dublin trains. We dispatch Berryessa trains. We dispatch Antioch trains. We dispatch just about everything except for the occasional Richmond train, although we've done that before too. And in Daly City Yard, it's very busy, but we've got the best four workers in the system. We have the best train operators in the system. We have people who are willing to work to make it work. And I am so lucky to have cut my teeth there as a train operator, to have worked at Daly City Terminal as a four worker, and now to be there as a supervisor. The work we do at Daly City Yard is important for the functioning of the system, and we do it well. And I am so proud of the people that I work with. I am so proud of the work that we do there, because every day we make it happen. All of our trains go out on time. All of our trains go out the length they need. All of our operators are there, and they're ready to work, and they're ready to put in the work that they need to make the yard run, that they need to make the system run. Daly City Yard is the smallest yard, but we are a linchpin in BART. And I like to remind my people of that. I like to remind my people that the job they do is important. And it's not only important to get the trains out, it's important to keep the Bay Area running. Is there a particular challenge that's most common that comes up when it comes to executing that vision? Oh, gosh. As a supervisor, the challenge is knowing what's happening and knowing why things happen. So just knowing why we weren't able to run a train one day, it isn't enough. Knowing why it happened, that's part of the job. To know that our train wash is broken, that's not enough. To know when it'll get fixed and how it'll affect our ability to wash trains, that's a huge challenge. And then to be able to present my findings to my boss and my boss's boss and the chief transportation officer and to give suggestions on how we can do it a little better. To give suggestions to my four workers about how we can maybe staff a little bit more efficiently to make things run a little better. My job is not one where I'm making decisions that are tremendous. It's not one where I make decisions every day that will change the world. My job is to make things run a little bit better, to provide that oversight, to ask the questions, and to find out reasons why the things that happened happened. And for me, as a former historian, As someone who really is interested in research and really interested in the way the system runs, there's an incredible fulfillment to that. My days go by really fast. And there is a joy to knowing that the support that I give to my frontline workers helps make it happen and helps make the yard run and that every day we're getting a little better. You know, you touched a little bit on your history before really getting into BART and public transit of being a historian. Where would you put BART in terms of its importance to the history of the Bay Area? To my eyes, BART is one of the most impactful projects the Bay Area has had within the last century. After the key system dissolved in the 50s, after Muni's streetcars stopped running, what did we have? We had the automobile. 
we had all of these towns that weren't connected. When I think of the Bay Area, I think of what it must have been like in 1950, 1960, 1970 when they were waiting for BART, the traffic. You had to take a bus. You couldn't use the Transbay tube. You were going across the Bay Bridge. Maybe there was a ferry. There was so much air pollution. I try to think of a world now without BART, a world where there's traffic, a world where the people who need us the most don't have us. What would the Bay Area look like without BART? My answer is that it wouldn't be the Bay Area. When BART opened in 1972 on its little stub line from Fremont to MacArthur, that was an incredibly transformative moment for the Bay Area, for the culture of the Bay Area. It brought back what we had lost to the key system. It gave people more options and more places they could live. I try to think contrafactually, what does a Bay Area without BART look like? It doesn't look like the Bay Area. The work we do, the system we have, is a treasure. BART is something that cannot be replaced. We can widen the freeways as much as we may want. We may build more bridges. We can never replace the work that BART did during the 89 earthquake. We can never replace the capacity BART has in the Transbay tube. We can never replace the important impacts BART has on our environment. That's huge. We're running electric trains in the Bay Area. We are making people's lives better simply by running, by taking those cars off the road, by giving people that option. So where is BART in the history of the Bay Area? It's one of the most hugely impactful infrastructure projects in the last hundred years. Could the Bay Area run without the Bay Bridge? Absolutely. Could the Bay Area run without BART? I don't think so. And you mentioned all of the importance that BART has had throughout the history of the Bay Area the last 50 years. Certainly, the pandemic was a historic time as well. And you touched on your experience during that time with our diminished ridership. And on a much lighter note, I know you would go to Millbrae during the the pandemic and saw some interesting things there. So uh, one of the things that I loved about the pandemic was the genesis of the slow streets movement. Areas that were closed to cars, where people could walk and be socially distant and be outside. And for me, when I was working at Millbrae during the pandemic, I had a shift that started at, I think it was 1445, 245, if you're out of operations, and ended at 10 p.m. or 10.30 p.m. And I had some time in there to, uh, some downtime between when I would run the shuttles and take a train from the airport to Antioch and back. And one of the things that I did, instead of being in the break room, was I would walk on the Millbrae parking structure on the top level. I'd do four or five laps. There'd be a few of us who would all do our laps at about the same time. And one of the clearest memories to me was back then you could see the airlines coming in and landing at San Francisco International Airport. You could see the sunset over the mountains. And there was a family of very cute ravens, and I got to watch one of them raise their fledglings from a chick to a full-grown raven over the course of that pandemic year. And I just remember walking on by the ravens, and they'd look at me, and I'd look at them. They'd fly to the other side of the parking structure, and they'd look at me, and I'd look at them. 
It was one of the weirder relationships I've had in my life. But that moment of connection with those ravens, as the planes fly in from parts unknown, and as I'm getting ready to take my train from the airport to Antioch in the cool of the winter evening, that was an experience that kind of defined the pandemic for me. And that was, for me, a very BART thing. It really was something how the world kind of slowed down in that time. And BART was always there. No matter what the ridership was, no matter what the circumstances were, BART was still there. And our frontline workers continued to show up, even though there was so much uncertainty about what was going to happen with that virus and what it would do to people. And we were still there. I mean, there's a really powerful statement in that, isn't there? There absolutely is. And... Being a train operator during the pandemic, seeing my coworkers show up to work every day, knowing the stations were staffed, was an incredibly powerful thing. And again, you want to speak to the importance of Barton Bay Area history? I would say our two greatest moments were the service we ran after the 89 quake when we replaced the Bay Bridge for months. 24-hour service. We kept the Bay Area moving. But that we kept running throughout the pandemic, that we kept providing people with the ability to get where they need to go without a car. And I think that's a very powerful argument for BART as part of the social safety net of the Bay Area and for something that is absolutely indispensable to our culture. BART Transportation Supervisor Casey Unger, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Chris. It's been a delight. And thank you for listening to Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. You can listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and of course at our website, bart.gov slash podcasts.